You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Hi, Brian. We're recording this on July 4th. The day Columbus discovered America. No, no. The day Santa Claus wrote the Constitution. I think that's closer. That might that might have happened. Santa Claus and Benjamin Franklin locked in a room for 23 hours. Making love and writing law. And writing law. <laughs> and they came out of it with the Constitution of the United States of Independence. And monkeypox. And little monkeypox on the legs. <laughs> Telltale sign. Very contagious. So, yeah, <laughs> very contagious. Happy uh, 4th of July. Thank Independence you. Day, Brian. That's your Independence not, Day. Yeah, that's what it's, it's called. The, that's the day when the the Vikings landed at Plymouth Rock and stepped on the rock and said, "We're here. We're queer. Get used to it." <laughs> that is that is being written in some history books. That's right. It's the 1492 project. <laughs> a relooking at the history of everything by a, an unqualified historian. <laughs> That's right. The 1492 project. What are some of the other tenets of the 1492 project? Because I I know you're, you know, you're a chairman on that committee. Yes, I am a chairman on the 1492 project committee. Uh, It was created uh, in a partnership with the Washington Post and the New York Times to kind of challenge the narrative of the foundation Mm -hmm. of America. Oh, okay. That's great. What are some of the things that you guys are working on uh, in your literature that, you know, like it, I assume there's going to be a big, you know, uh, thing that those two fine papers will publish. Uh, what are some of the, the key uh, things you're focusing on? Well, the current narrative is, of course, that Christopher Columbus uh, discovered America when he sailed his Nina, Pinta and Santa Maria across the ocean blue. Yeah. And that's a bunch of hogwash. Is it really? Yeah. Who, what's, what's the correct story? The correct story is the United States was discovered or the Americas were this, the new world was discovered by Shoki Deebles. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that person. Well, he's a, he is a intersex black <laughs> Hispanic man from Sierra Leone. And he hollowed out a, an oak tree, a Sierra, a Sierra Leonean oak tree, which is a very <laughs> fine quality tree. Uh-huh. And he hollowed that out and he made, Shoki made a c- canoe. Oh. And Shoki got in the canoe and he took a bunch of guava and a penguin and he sailed across <laughs> the ocean blue. Wasn't what sure was, what he was going to find. Yeah, I imagine. What was the penguin for? Nourishment and companionship. <laughs> Oh gosh, what a heartwarming and awful statement that is, but that's history for you. Shoki and the penguin became really good friends at the beginning of the trip. And then as the guavas ran out and dwindled and his fishing uh, wasn't being productive, he eyed that penguin in a whole different light. (laughs) I bet bet there are a few different ways during that trip he eyed that penguin in a whole different light. uh, There were. He was lonely. It was a long trip. May they say 40 days and 40 nights. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people say that was stolen from the Bible, but Shoki says it wasn't. <laughs> well, you guys know history better than we do. So Shoki sailed across the ocean blue and arrived on the shores of what we now call Virginia. 
Oh, wow. And he, he stepped out of his canoe and there was a tribe of Indians on the street. Uh, and it wasn't a street. It was a beach <laughs> back then. And he had said, so much legitimate history. What did he say? He said, I, I done did it. I done ate him. I done ate my penguin and I loved him so much. And the, the Indians, or we called them native Virginians at the time. Sure. Uh, they looked at Shoki and they said, they said, what, what did you do? And he said, I ate my only friend. <laughs> it's a shame. Okay. But then he looked around and he said, this will do. <laughs> this will do? <laughs> yeah, this is mine. Okay. Well, that's, boy, that's very imperialistic of Shoki. Shoki, well, Sierra Leone is known for it being imperialistic. That's odd. So it's, it, uh, that's interesting. So what, what is it that specifically that the 1492 project is, is hoping to highlight about this trip and to, to tell us what is true? Well, that the, this, this new world was discovered by Shoki mm -hmm. and was given to him by the, the native Virginians on the beach there. Mm -hmm. they, he looked like he liked it so much and they just looked at him and they said, you know what? As is custom in Saudi Arabia, if you like something a lot, we'll give it to you. And they just kind of, they said, they kind of waved their hands and they said, oh, this is yours, Shoki, and, he, and yours and your Sierra Leonean ancestors and, and all your peoples. This belongs to you. And then he, they wandered off and he just looked around. And he said, I own this place. It's all mine. <laughs> yeah. He spent a couple of years building up his little village of Shokiton. Yeah. Okay. And, and he had a general store and, and a, a motel and, and a restaurant and it was thriving. It was, except it was just him, but it was, it had so much potential. Sure. The hotel would be, was just waiting for a guest and some, and then he sees in the horizon, a ship. And he's like, Oh, somebody's coming to Shokiton. I'm about to get my first customers. And he's all excited. And he's waiting, he's waiting on the show and the ship gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and then he actually invented binoculars. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he so did. Interesting. So he whipped out his oak binoculars and he looked, looked through them and he saw the ship and he couldn't believe what he saw. Was, the ship was the SS White Devil. <laughs> and he was like, oh no. And he'd heard about these guys. <laughs> these Europeans. And he thinks, oh, they're going to come take everything. They're going to come take it all. Man. So he ran around, he set fire to his unused motel and his restaurant and <laughs> oh, post office and what? town. He's, he burned it all down because he did not, did not want them to, to steal it. And so, and he sees the ship and then the, uh, they, they get, uh, he basically ran and hid in the woods mm -hmm. and he watched them as they got off their ship and they said, this is ours now. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was like, oh, dag nabbit. Because <laughs> of the Saudi thing. Yeah. And, and he's just like, ah, oh, man. And, and so the original new world was discovered by Shoki from Sierra Leone and stolen wow. by the crew of the SS white devil. <laughs> man. And this is all historically backed. It's there have been challenges to this narrative. Oh. by quote unquote historians with quote unquote PhDs in quote unquote history. Uh, and there are certain documents and anecdotal evidence and uh, other things that would challenge this narrative. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But in the interest of fairness and equity, 
and inclusion. <laughs> well, that's important. Uh, it behooves us to believe this story. Okay, well, then that's what we shall believe. Now, d- did these quote unquote historians um, pair anecdotal evidence with anything that we would call in the academic world uh, actual evidence? Well, these historians, and by historians, I mean, I mean, it was a couple of people who kind of graduated from a, a, a you know, community college. Sure. But they did good. Uh huh. Myself included. Oh, oh, you're talking about you're talking about the authors of the 1492 project. Uh, yeah. you were, I was talking about the historians who dared challenge it. You said it was oh. anecdotal evidence. Well, these, so these people, you know, they they come from their Harvards and their Yales and their Princetons and all these places, and they they act like they're so smart. And you know, the truth is, they have a lot of evidence <laughs> that counters our narrative, and that's. Uh, one reason why they need to be ignored <laughs> and they need to be deplatformed yeah and possibly canceled if we can even do that because your feelings that this are true kind of trump their nonsensical facts and whatnot exactly we Thank want you. this to be the true story of the founding of the new world <laughs> we want it to and be. anybody challenging it is obviously Sierra Leone phobic <laughs> And they just can't believe that somebody named Shoki from Sierra Leone came and, and opened the new world. What a complex tale this has been, Brian. Thank you so much for, for sharing this. When, uh, when can we look forward to this work being released in the New York, uh, no, New York Times and Washington Post? Uh, well, they're going to be releasing it fairly soon in, in cooperation with uh, textbooks. They're going to be revised. Mm-hmm. It'll be a new, new school textbooks. That okay. will be applied to all, all public schools and uh, through the back door of private schools. <laughs> and and re- real quick, uh, just there's I know you guys are have a bunch of other projects. You've got the 1492 project, which you're, you're wrapping up and, and publishing. But I yeah. know you're you're working on telling the the real history. So if you could just give me like you don't have, we don't have to go in depth, but just sort of like a couple of just interesting facts or headlines about some of the other historical things you guys are working on. Would you mind real quick? Sure. Um, so would you mind telling us uh, the 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 true story? It's uh, I believe you're calling it the 1945 project, which is the true uh, story of the end of World War II. Yes. Real quick, just what sort of what's the headline there? Well, I mean, basically, the United States was on its last legs, and the the all the allies were pretty much done for until uh, the Soviets came in and saved the day <laughs> with superior equipment and training. Wow, the Soviets are really the heroes of World War II. They are the heroes of World War II, and did you know they didn't lose a single person? Ah, wow, we yeah. got to look into that way of life. We're challenging the paradigm. They would, yeah, you guys are doing great work. We got to look into these Soviets. Maybe they're not as bad as we've been told. We've been misled. Glory to communism. And what about the 19, and it's just two years later, I believe this is, is it the 1947 project, the founding of the state of Israel? Do I have that Uh, date right? Yes. I believe you do. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you're on the committee. That's just real quick. What sort of is the headline about the, like the, 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 the real story of the, uh, state of Israel founding? Well, uh, there was a group of people just hanging out, just having a grand old time. They were super, super chill. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they were called the Palestinians, mm-hmm. and they were just they were just having a grand old time and loving one another, and, and just producing a lot of great art and literature and, <laughs> and all sorts of great things. And, and then in come the you know what, <laughs> and they just sweep them into the ocean with wild abandon. Just they had a giant Star of David shaped bulldozer. And they just, they just drove, they just came from the, from the West. Nope. The East. And they just pushed everybody into the ocean. It was horrible. Oh, that's right. So they, they just, these, these, you know, what's just came in and just tried to kill all these innocent Palestinians. Yeah. Who were just minding their own business and playing Twister and then just pushed them right into the oceans as they sang Hava Nagila. Oh, now I. Now I'm changing my thoughts about those people. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Thank you for telling the real truth. Yeah. That's what we're here for. This band of uh, quote unquote journalist historians. (laughs) Well, man, great job. Uh, You know, I can't, can't wait to, to read your work. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Now, like we said at the beginning here, today is July 4th. Yeah, Jack. And we've started recording. Brian, we, we had we were about 40 minutes late to record because Brian may actually a little bit more, maybe because Brian had a Fourth of July party last night yes. uh, where people slept over. And, and uh, so it was a su- sort of a super fun party, um, sort of like a bunch of your sort of closest friends that you guys had over. Yeah, just like we just like my, my wife and I sat down. We had a list. We're like, well, who are our closest, closest friends? Who are the mm-hmm. people we most want to spend this uh, holiday with it's my wife's favorite holiday she loves fourth of july she's really embraced it she's an immigrant she's embraced the fourth of july is that because her small polish uh, immigrant brain can't understand how fireworks work yeah she she loves it because she feels very safe because she hides under a table until the the fireworks stop Uh, until the loud bangs go away to the bang bang goes yeah she goes is bang bang go i was like yes honey bang bang go and she goes oh thank god and she's been in America for 25 years? Something like that. And is is bang bang go. Bang bang go. Yeah, she's uh-huh. I mean she's she's slowly picking up the language. Okay. H- how how did she say uh good morning to you this morning? Sun up. <laughs> uh can you remind me um I saw the wedding video but I don't remember it. your wedding vows. Mm. Uh can you repeat what she said in her wedding vows cuz it was beautiful. Uh, well, she said ring and I put the ring on her, <laughs> slid it on her finger and she looked down at it and then she said ring and I said, yes. And she nodded and I said, I do. And I oh. waited for her to say the same thing. And then she just said, what? What you do? Who you do with. So right there, it was kind of an awkward wedding. She accused me of having an affair right in front of all my closest family and friends. God dang. I mean, it's it's very beautiful. Did, did she write those vows? Uh, no, she doesn't do that. <laughs> it's not a thing. Whew. That's really tough. Yeah. Um, how, how did she tell you that, um, you know, you guys have two wonderful children. How, how did she tell you that um, she was pregnant the first, the first time with your, with your oldest son? 
Uh, well, I mean, she, it was a crude stick figure. <laughs> and then there was a smaller crude stick figure kind of in the belly region of the stick figure. <laughs> and then she drew a picture of my penis and put an X on it. Uh, okay. What, what, what would that mean? <laughs> the penis X drawing. What does that mean? What does that, that symbolize? Meant, I guess that meant nine months of no, no, no that until oh. baby comes out. Wow. It's very, it's like caveman drawings. Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. I mean, she learned from the masters who are her parents who actually did live in a cave <laughs> in, in the Polish mountains. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I, I tell you new things all the time. You really do. I mean, it's very lucky that she was very pretty. Yeah. No, she was, um, you know, I, I saw her kind of, I thought she might've been lost in the woods, but she had just kind of exited the cave. Cause you know, when they turn 18, they're allowed to exit the cave. Oh, that's really cool. And kind of try to make their way in the world. And so, so you saw her leave the cave and then what was the courtship like? Uh, she drew a picture of my penis, <laughs> but she didn't put an X across it. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Um, so, okay. And, and how did she tell you that she was um, with her words? Cause I, I know you said that she had said it, uh, she had tried her, some of her new words with the second pregnancy. How did she tell you that she was pregnant with your second boy? Uh, she kind of lifted up her skirt and then said baby head. And I pointed <laughs> to her crotch and I was like, holy crap, she's crowning. Like, why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> Had you not been around her for those months leading I'd up? Been, I mean, I thought she had a beer belly. Wow. Yeah. And, and there she, you know, cause she was always holding the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Big round stomach. Uh huh. And then the next thing I know, my, my son's head is, is, is crowning. Oh, and I, you know, I'm just like, and she, I'm like, I, how many, I don't, we're dilating. Right. And I had to call the, the hospital. Uh huh. And they walked me through it. Okay, so you delivered the you delivered the boy yourself. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean there were, what was, choice was there? We were. I was just. We, we were too far gone. It was. She had made too much progress. And so that very moment, you deliver the baby. You cut the umbilical cord yourself, and you clean the baby off, and you hand it to your wife. And what does she say to you in that moment? Call father. <laughs> now was she talking about her dad? That's, you know, that's been a bone of contention uh, for the last 16 years because, you know, I don't want to kind of cast aspersions or, or be a conspiracy theorist, but yeah. there was something about the way she said it that seemed like she wanted me to notify the father. Oh, that's weird. Now, is this your black son? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one to interpret. I mean, it's it's so much is lost in language. Ah. Uh, yeah, language is a thing. It really is. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's a when you got it, you got it, and when you don't, it really makes communication hard. <laughs> it really does. Well, gosh, it was okay. So it's your wife's favorite holiday. That's what. That's yeah. how we sort of got into this. That's yeah. thanks for sharing all that. No, I like well, to. Yeah, it's great. So okay, so you have so you and <laughs> you and your wife sit down and make a list of all the people that you want to invite to Fourth of July party, and um. As I was texting you yesterday about mm -hmm. recording today, uh, that's when I learned that you were having this Fourth of July party because it seems as if my wife and I did not get invited as we have been invited in years past. 
Well, we have the Connecticut rule. Oh, I don't, I don't know what that is. Connecticut rule is when anybody moves, see, my mother was from Connecticut. That's right. And was Miss Connecticut in 1957 in the Miss That's America That's absolutely pageant. true. Yep. And, and so I hate Connecticut. <laughs> Why? Because God killed my mommy. <laughs> no, for, for, <laughs> for those who don't know, Brian lost his mother to breast cancer mm. when he was 14. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. About to turn 14. Okay. 13, <laughs> 13 and seven eights. Oh man. I love that story. <laughs> I hate to, I hate to take that story away from you, but I just, I love to tell it. So, but to go back to the Connecticut rule. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. When somebody moves to Connecticut, we, sh we shun them. Oh, and this is all because Gotti, God took you or Gotti, Gotti took your mommy. John Gotti did not take my mommy. He took my <laughs> uncle, uh, Simon. Oh gosh. Well, that's probably, that's probably something for another podcast we should talk about, but okay. So uh, the Lord, the good Lord in heaven above is the one who took your mommy away yep. from you. He decided to kill her. And that's when I decided anything from Connecticut was no. Okay. So and that's right. And so, that's why I was not invited. Yeah. My, our friends, Denise and Peter moved to Connecticut. I haven't seen them since. Man. Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm sad not to be invited. Your parties are wonderful. It's a good group of people. Yeah. All having a great time. A, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people were like, where's Jack? Where's Jack? Where's Jack? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Les, I thought you hated him. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was Les at this thing? Yeah. Uh, so our old cameraman from the BS of A yeah. was there and sure. not the guy who created the show with you? Yeah. He just turned 74. No, uh, 71. <sighs> or maybe 74. I forget. It was a lot of Pabs Blue Ribbon. You're a great friend. No, what, but we, I was supposed to invite you up here a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, great. And then what? I forgot. <laughs> you an ass. <laughs> That's what's upsetting of all the 1947 projects and crap that we talk about. That's real. Uh, yeah. She's like, you, did you ever invite Jack? I'm like, holy crap. No. Yeah. I totally forgot. Cause it was like, we had one weekend where things would work strategic, like, you know, logistically. Like Before. man. And like you and I had a sleepover I know. at my house. I know. God, one the worst. Oh, so, but now, now you guys like to do the Fourth of July differently because America, you know, you're as we've established your Polish immigrant wife, yeah, um, you know, and then you know, certainly your love for America. Um, that you guys just like to really sort of make sure that everyone is very pure on the America side, yeah, and you're you're very pro America with your your holiday, yes. Uh, you know, can you sort of go, can you walk, since I wasn't there. Yeah. Can you walk us through some of the events that you guys had uh, on your 4th of July party for all your friends who aren't me? Yeah. There's a bunch of flags on the ground. Of course, not okay. the American flag, but flags from all the countries. <laughs> so what I do is I, I do a deep dive into the, the ethnic background of all of my guests. Cool. That's really weird. And so I find out you know, where their relatives came from. And then I buy the flags from those countries. Uh -huh. And I, as guests enter the house, I make them walk on those flags. 
<laughs> and say America's better. That's the entrance code word. Oh my gosh. So, so in other words, denouncing them with their feet, one of the, mm. the most vile gestures in, in this arena. Mm. That's wow. So they, they come into the house and they, they look down. There's a, a flag from Armenia mm-hmm. and, a, and a flag from Spain. And I make them step on it and say, America is better. Mm, and then weird. we get those out of the way and the next folks come on in and I have a the Israeli flag and a British flag and, and I just step on it, step on it now. America's better. And I just, and then they get in, they get the crudite and some hummus. <laughs> that's American ironic. hummus. Oh, American hummus. That's not, the better kind. Not this tan crap, you know, khaki hummus. Right, red, right. Red, white, and blue hummus. What, what ingredients are in that hummus? You sound like every single person at the party. <laughs> That's ironic. Having not been invited to it. So. Okay. So, all right. I've, okay. I can tell you don't want to answer that question. That's fine. Okay. So they get in there. That's their sort of their entrance. And then you, you get, you play some like America centric games, apparently. Yeah. Like, like what? what? What are those games? Uh, pin the America on the America. That's weird. But yep. how, what are the rules of that? So, well, you get a blindfold and we, we hand you a, a cutout of America. Uh-huh. And then you got to turn around and, and try to pin it onto the wall, which has a big portrait of America on it. <laughs> but the and whole wall is America. I remember it. Yeah. So it's the America wall. So you can't lose. You just, <laughs> you're just pinning more Americas on your America wall? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a fun game. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the highlight of everybody's day. They have, we have the American pinata. Oh, how, how does that work? Which you don't call a pinata because that's a Spanish word. Oh, so what do you call it? America horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you you take, a, I guess, a, a, a stick or a baseball bat or something like that to the America uh, horse? Maybe if you're from a third world country, but in America, you have a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, you, so you take the shotgun to the American blind, horse. I put a blindfold on oh, you. Jesus. I spin you around. I hand you a shotgun. And then I say, give me 10 seconds so I can get the hell out of there. Right. And then they, they take a shot at it. My God. Uh, and so, uh, you know, how, how did that go? How did that proceed this, um, this year? We had a couple of interventions by the, the local police. Oh, okay. They wanted to play? No, they, they kept getting gunfire reports uh, in, <laughs> in the close residential zone. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some damage done to some of the party goers' cars. Oh, no. There was a windshield taken out, a tire taken out. Um, so it, it wasn't ideal. Right. But eventually somebody did hit the America horse. Oh, that's great. And what yeah. came out? Well, it's guts. <laughs> This isn't like a paper mache creature. You <laughs> uh, maybe in a third world country it is. <laughs> so you you hang a a, a pony of some kind <laughs> from your roof. It's a horse. Okay, it's a full horse. You hang <laughs> uh, like a seven hundred pound uh, stallion. 
Yeah. From your uh, roof of your living room and <laughs> people shoot at it blindfold. Yep. I mean, there, how how else would you celebrate the birth of America? I can't, that's the thing. I can't think of another way to do it. So, I mean, and they talk about the, the they, you know, they, they have stories to tell. <laughs> the horses? No, no, they're dead. But the, the guests have, have stories to tell for years and years and years. But Brian's America First Party. Ah, man. It sounds intense. I'm feeling less bad about being invited as we move through this. Uh, you know, it's, it's a memorable time for all. There's a lot of firearms and, and alcohol. Oh, okay. So, so what is the, what are the rules on drinking and eating? Um, you do. <laughs> you're supposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just, you know, we're, we're constantly like, if, you, if it looks like you're not eating, we'll be like, why don't you eat up? Okay. And we'll get very kind of get in your face and be like, you need to, you need to keep eating. People will be like, I'm so full. I'm completely full. I'm like, you just keep eating. Cause we got the food. It can't go mm-hmm. to waste. There, there were starving kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere in the world and we don't right. want them to have this food. <laughs> so eat up. That's, that's weird. That's weird that that's so America first like that. Yep. Well, gosh, well, Brian, I mean, it sounds like uh, an unforgettable party. I wish I was there. Uh, I wish I ha- would invite you. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. I don't. Yeah. It is. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yep. 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 Next time Eva says uh, we are, we could invite them this weekend. I'm going to be like, can you do it? Cause I will not remember. Good. That's you've learned something from this. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jack. Yeah. What? What? I, I believe this is the end of this episode. I believe it's a holiday. you're holiday. Right. You're making me work on a holiday. I am. But I'm paying you time and a half. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Of respect. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah. So the idea here is that Brian and I acknowledge (laughs) that we are not releasing these episodes as often as we would like. And the solution that we have arrived at is that if we make them a little bit shorter and easier to edit, we can continue to do them on a almost weekly Hopefully yeah. weekly yeah. basis. Yes. So that's why instead of a 45 minute episode this week, it's going to be a nice, like tight 30. Yeah. Tight 30, like a, like a Seinfeld episode. That's right. That's right. Which, which is really a 22. 22, 30. Yeah. Yeah. 22, 30. You, you ruined it at the end. You ruined a, a, what was a great episode. Now we have to edit this entire ending out. Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.